This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Want to know what's going on in your neck of the woods and learn the history and the people behind the events that you love across the state? Get to know the real Mississippi. Check out MPB Think Radio's Next Stop Mississippi podcast on all platforms or on the MPB public media app. Welcome to AutoCorrect, helping you correct your auto problems. Our host is Coach Charlie Melton, ASC Certified Master Technician. I'm Jermaine Flood. Hello, Coach Charlie. Hello. How you doing today? I'm doing good. What's been going on with you, man? Well, you know, I enjoyed that summer weather, and I was out getting that suntan, cutting my grass, and now I'm back in a jacket. <laughs> And it happened so abruptly yesterday. It was like I got out the car that morning and it was warm. And then I went for lunch and it was freezing cold. I watched it drop 22 degrees. Oh, you saw it happen. It just went. I was in my (laughs) truck. It was 77 degrees and I drove 10 miles and it was 57 Wow, you got to see it in real time. Real time. (laughs) You got to see it in real time. Yeah, man, that's that's crazy. We're back to what, winter? Are we going to call that fall? Maybe this is a good good fall. Well, no, we can't do that because in two days it's going to be back up to 80. Right. (laughs) So I don't know what we're in. Well, welcome to fall. Tomorrow is spring. And then Saturday is summer. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Coach, I'm glad to be here with you today. Today we're talking about water pumps, and you told me um, I need to know all about it, and I know nothing. (laughs) (laughs) I know nothing about water pumps, but I know you know everything about it. So I'm going to ask you all the questions. You can ask the questions. (laughs) Our email address for questions, if you want to ask some, is auto at mpbonline.org. Coach, we We've got an early caller already on the line. Larry is giving us a call from Jackson. Um, but the water pump, you know I've got a description and a definition before always, always. before we get to our phone call. The water pump coach pushes coolant, this is all I know now, from the radiator through the coolant system into the engine and back around to the radiator. The heat that the coolant picks up from the engine is transferred to the air at the radiator and without the water pump, the coolant just sits in the system. And we want to thank the Internet for um, helping get me that today. <laughs> that is a good description, but it does more. It does more than that. It does more than that. Okay, so we're going to get into the more in a bit. But let's go to Larry on the phone line. Larry, you're on with Coach Charlie. Coach, he's got a question about a 2016 Colorado pickup. Hey, Larry, good morning. Good morning. How you doing? Doing good. What you got for Coach? Well, like I said, it's a 2016 Colorado pickup, and I was driving driving the other day, and the uh, driver's side lock on the door just unlocked itself, you know, as I'm going down the road. Well, I <clears throat> relocked it, and a couple of minutes later, it unlocked itself again, and then I could hear it trying to keep on unlocking itself. And by this time, the passenger side door is un, un, already unlocked. And then <clears throat> brought it home, and I just saw out of the corner of my eye later on, I, it turned the light, turns its lights on, the tail lights and all that stuff. And what you know ultimately happens is it runs the battery down. And folks can't live with that very long. Uh, mm-hmm. Dead battery in a 
in a pickup that he needs. So, and I'm just calling to see, you know, is this a computer situation? Or, I mean, I have no earthly idea. Okay, it sounds like the body control module is going bad in that vehicle there because when you cut the ignition switch on and you drive a certain amount, the door locks automatically lock. Okay, and that right, is and right, that is right. controlled by the body control module. So, it, did a check engine light or anything come on? I don't. I don't think the check engine light comes on. The uh, dome lights and. All the other lights come on, the uh, tail lights, blinkers. And, and, right, and, because that's you know. that deals with that body control of locking those uh, locks. What you need to do is just get somebody to put it on a scan tool for you because a lot of times the check engine light, we are, we are always saying that is telling us something's wrong with the engine itself, but there are other um, systems throughout that where the computer can pick up and the computer will say if it was the climate control or the body control, uh, transmission control, that computer will pick that up even though the check engine light's not on. So what I would do is get a scan tool, get that put on there, and see what system it's in. But it sounds like a body control module. Body control module. Right. All right. Well, thank you so much for taking my call, and thank you for your information. I appreciate it. So welcome. Larry, thank you. It almost oh, sounded like you. a like a ghost, Coach. Well, those ghosts do get wild sometimes. They will just start things, you know, when you think about electronics, yeah. they just go wild sometimes. Yeah, it sounds like a, the six cents or something. Right. It was it was coming through unlocking doors and turning on lights and things. So body control module, it controls the entire body of the car? Well, what it does, it controls maybe your windows, your locks, your uh, certain things, your seats. A lot, of, all, a lot of that stuff is controlled off the body control module. Okay. 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 All right. So it's not a ghost, everybody. It's just your body control module. Yes. <laughs> All right, coach. Let's get back into water pumps. Give me a little bit of the more. So when we talk about a water pump, okay, a lot of people just know we, hey, it turns and circulates water, but what it does, it circulates coolant throughout the engine. Mm-hmm. It cools the engine, but yet it operates the heater. Your heater control is operated off that. Your defroster, all of that has to, the water pump has to be pumping. It has to be circulating that coolant throughout the system. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, when you think about a water pump, exactly how that water pump works, okay, it does take and pull water out of the radiator, and as it pulls water coolant out of the radiator, it starts circulating, and then it has a thermostat in that same system. Okay. And that thermostat is either open or it's closed. Okay. Okay, and a lot of times water pumps have a bypass on it, and what that is when the thermostat is not open, so that coolant can still flow through the engine. Okay. If the water pump is not working, you will burn your engine up. It will overheat. It will overheat. It will. I've seen where the whole top of engine, especially Jeeps that have aluminum uh, uh, valve covers on them, mm-hmm. where they just melt completely because either the water pump went out or the fan went out. Okay. And it overheated. How do you know when your water pump goes out? Other than, I guess, you know, warning lights that we have, we talked about last week. Um, on the dash, what else is there? Well, that that warning light won't tell you what's going wrong. It will tell you that you have a problem. Okay. But how you can tell a water pump, a lot of times uh, they have these little holes in them called weep holes. And mm. what happens? They just start dripping water. Let me tell you, just pause right there. Um, this has nothing to do with you, Coach, um, nothing to do with, with what you just said. But the word weep holes does something to my... <laughs> 
up, but I've talked about this on Fix It 101. And whenever I hear it, it just it just does something to me. I don't know if I have one of those phobias, but it's something about it. But go ahead with the weep holes. You're okay. Well, I'm, I'm going to make it through. <laughs> Well, that is what it's called. It's called a little weep hole. I know. Or we can say that the water pump leaks a little bit out of that Mm -hmm. weep hole. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. As it starts leaking, either sometimes it'll leak while it's running. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it'll leak while it's not running. So that'll be a telltale sign. And it's always in the front of the engine. Okay. And it'll leak down the front. And then you may have a noise, a grinding noise. I did one not too long ago. I put a, I fixed the car, and then it was still making this loud noise. And the lady had just had a water pump put on her vehicle, mm-hmm. and I told her, I said, "Well, tell you what, take it back to wherever you put the water pump on because it's making a grounding, uh, gr- grinding noise. noise. Yeah. And what that is is the bearing was going out. Okay, she took it back. They put a new water pump on her. Didn't cost her anything. Okay, saved her two hundred dollars. Okay, so leaking, making noise. And sometimes you can open the radiator cap while the vehicle's cool Mm -hmm. and crank the vehicle up, and you should be able to see coolant flowing through just like a little stream flowing through the radiator. Okay. And that is showing you that uh, it's flowing. Okay. Now, the water pump has – some of them have plastic propellers in them. Some of them have metal, and some of them have rubber. Mm -hmm. Okay. If the rubber ones or the plastic ones break off, they can clog up the system. And then they will, and a lot of times they wear. Okay. And then when they wear, they won't pump the coolant okay. system. Okay. So those are things you need to look for. How long can you live on your water pump? Well, it's hard to say. Uh, water pumps can go to the life of the vehicle. Okay. Or can go out. 30,000, 20,000. It just depends on how the I'm gonna water be pump's mad. made. I'm going to be mad at 30,000, Coach. Yeah, well, it could go out, but it's under warranty. Okay, at that point. So you yeah, don't have to worry you're about right. You're right. So it's still under warranty. You're right. As long as you got the warranty. That's as long as you got a warranty on the vehicle. <laughs> That's long, true. As long as you got the warranty on the vehicle. How is it is it quite expensive to replace? Yes. So uh, uh, yes and no. Okay. Okay. It's according to what type of water pump you got and where it's located. And that's the thing. Where is it located? Okay. Either it can be located behind the timing cover. Okay. Okay. Then if it's located behind the t- timing cover, you got to remove the timing belt. You got to remove the tensioner. Mm-hmm. And just say if you're replacing a timing belt, it's always good to go ahead and change the water pump while you're there because it's right there. Right. On these little four cylinders, these little six cylinder vehicles, they're right there. Mm-hmm. Now, on V8 engines, they're a little bit easier to get to. Okay. You don't have to remove the timing belt because they're like mm-hmm. on a 5 3, it's right there in the very front and has four bolts that hold it on, but all the stuff you got to take off to get to it. Okay. And then on a six cylinder, the same way. Some of them are easy to take off, some are not. You need to make sure that you have the tools when you prepare to take a water pump because now the fan uh, hub is stuck to the water pump. Mm-hmm. You've got to have a special tool for Fords and GM to mm-hmm. take the fan hub off. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't just come off. Right. It used to come off with four <clears throat> bolts. Now you got to have a special tool and be able to loosen it up. Right. Quick question. And, and we're going to get, I want to talk about repairing and, and maintenancing um, your water pump there. But I want to know. When you take your car in, and aside from a water pump for anything, Coach, when it gets down to how in-depth it would be to fix the problem, does the price go up from there? Should we 
should we look for a flat fee on front or are they like, okay, this is a harder car. Let, let me tell you, I've got thick hair, right? For the longest, I would go to the hairdresser and she would charge me way more than she would charge somebody with not that thick of hair. So basically, is it the same way <laughs> when you take your car in? The thicker the the thicker the the fix? Well, on any job that you're taking into an automotive uh, shop, it goes it pays on flat rate. Okay, flat rate is they have a book out and that book says it takes this many hours to fix. Mhm. Okay, if it takes this many hours because you had to remove the radiator, you got to remove, like I say, you had to remove the timing belt. Okay, now we're on time, basically. Yeah. Not not how hard, but the time it takes. The time it takes okay. to do it. So okay. then that raises the price. Okay. Okay, if you think about uh, shops are now 126 to $186 an hour, that's what it costs if you take it somewhere. Right. So if you're removing a water pump on a Chevrolet 5.3, it's going to be easier than doing it on a Toyota or a Honda. Right. And faster. And faster. Time. The right. time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the time is what gets your your fee up. Now, the <laughs> and the, if you think about it, a water pump for a 5.3 Chevrolet is going to cost you more than what a Honda does because the Honda is so much smaller. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. GMC is so much bigger. Right, 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 right. Okay. So when you start talking about how much does it cost – there's no flat rate, no flat fee that you can say, well, it's going to cost this much. And then you get into things, uh, water pump, you know, if somebody just put pure water in an engine, mm-hmm. well, a water pump has, I mean, a uh, plain engine has steel and you put plain water, what does it do? Right. It rusts. Right. And so now you start talking about if you break a boat off, then we talk about more money. Okay. Okay, I just wanted to get because you were talking about you know how hard it was to get to the water pump, and I was like, I wonder if they you know <laughs> basically charge on skill or <laughs> but you say it's time basically. Time, yes, it's, it's not. It's you had to have the skill to do it, but it's really on time. It's on time. Okay, all right, I get it, I get it now. But we're going to get into more maintenancing and repairing and possibly replacing those water pump talks. If you've got a question. Send your emails to auto at mpbonline.org. We're talking about water pumps. Is your car under recall? I'll tell you how you can find out next. You're listening to AutoCorrect with Coach Charlie Melton. I'm Jermaine Flood. If you want even more AutoCorrect, find our podcast on all podcast platforms for your smart device. AutoCorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10 a.m. with a replay Saturdays at 11 a.m. Before we get into our recalls, let's go to the phone lines, Coach. We've got Marcy in Ocean Springs on the line. She's got a question about mechanics and oil changes. Marcy, you are on with Coach Charlie. Thank you, Jermaine. Uh, Coach, I, I want to know what you think about when your vehicle needs an oil change, should you take it to your regular mechanic or will one of those quick lube places do about the same or is there an advantage one way or the other? Well, when you start thinking about where you're going to take your vehicle, first of all, you need to make sure it's somebody that you trust. Now, a lot of times, I'm not saying anything about quick oil changes, but sometimes they don't have the best technicians in there. Uh, they mm-hmm. do. Some of them do have great technicians, but a lot of them, they get busy. And I'll give you a good example of one. I had a friend take a GMC in a vehicle and, to a shop. He took it to a shop, and next thing you know, all it was for an oil change and next thing you know, his oil filter fell off when he got to his house. There was oil all over the place, and they had to come out there and put an oil filter 
on, and they told them that they put the wrong oil filter on it. Right. Ah. Why am I putting the wrong yeah, oil filter on it? Bad. Now it could have destroyed his vehicle. Mm. And lucky the company that he took it to didn't have to buy him a new engine. So trust yeah. your technician. Trust where you're taking it to. And I'm not saying that some of them are not going to do just as good as you do at a dealership. But trust your technician. <laughs> Well, now, you said dealership. I was thinking the place that works on my car is not the dealership. It's, well, that's what I'm saying. Well, that's what I'm trying to say. Trust your technician. If you've got a technician that you can trust, that's all mm-hmm. it's about. You know, because like I was telling Jermaine, that you can own technicians and doctors mm-hmm. and plumbers mm-hmm. and electricians. You find a good one, you keep them. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's he, what I'm trying to do. And that's what you need to do. Just keep taking them to whoever you trust and make sure that they're doing you correctly. Now, even someone you can trust sometimes is not always trustworthy. <laughs> right. All the time. I knew you were about to go there. <laughs> you know, so you want to make sure that you know what the job is being done. You want to know how it's being done. And you really need to know what the cost of it. Because a lot of times I'm not a person that likes to just throw parts at a vehicle. You know, mm-hmm. so you want to make sure that the parts that they're putting on the vehicle, the vehicle needed it, no matter who it is. Mm-hmm. You know. You know what? I, you know, you just reminded me of something. Uh, my car went through three belts, like, I mean, one after the other. My good mechanic was fixing it, and then finally, the fourth time it happened, he said, "You're not going to pay for this. They need to honor their parts." They're going to pay for it, the place that gave us the bill. And so, yeah, I didn't have to pay for that one. And, and believe, it's mine now. Believe it or not, belts and parts that you get from auto parts stores and dealerships, uh, dealerships are like a uh, 12-month warranty on them. Uh, parts stores, uh, most of theirs are warranted as well between 90 days and a year. So a lot of times you shouldn't have to pay for a part if it goes bad on you. Okay. On anywhere. One other quick question. My um, car is a, a TDI Jetta diesel, okay. and I'm starting to notice a little bit of suspicious activity in the lower gears. It doesn't happen all the time, but you know how it'll maybe take a little bit longer to sh- to switch. And uh, I thought, oh, gosh, I hope this isn't something happening to my transmission. But what... <sighs> When will I know that I absolutely need to have it looked at? Well, once again, whatever the maintenance schedule is, sometimes you go by the maintenance schedule. That's the best thing to do. But if you're going to have problems with it, that check engine light's going to come on, and that check engine light's going to tell you something is wrong. It may say that it's uh, slipping in first gear or the second gear solenoid didn't shift. It will say something on those transmissions or any part of the vehicle because the scan tool, the computer itself, picks up electronic pulses and everything runs off electronics. Okay. Yeah, you're right. I get little symbols on my dash sometimes, and I haven't gotten anything on that yet. Yeah, you need to make sure you always check those symbols. (laughs) Mar- <laughs> okay, thank you so much. You answered all my questions. Marcy, so thank you. Thank you. Thank you for giving us a call today. Coach, you're 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 an honest mechanic. I want to be honest. <laughs> I want to make sure people are getting what they're supposed to get. You're an honest mechanic. Yes. So we were talking a little bit on the break, like you say, you need to trust your mechanic like you trust your doctor. And then 
I like how you roll. Now, I'm going to go ahead and preface this before I start talking about this. Coach doesn't take regular jobs. He just, <laughs> I just want to go ahead and throw that out there. Um, but talk about how you kind of charge. You're flat, basically. I'm sort of the type of technician. If I'm going to do a job and I've been doing your job for a while and that you know who I am, you're going to bring your vehicle to me and you're going to say, Coach, this is what's going on. You're going to let me tell you what's wrong with the vehicle. And then I will show you what's wrong with the vehicle. And then we will fix the vehicle. And then I will tell you how much you owe me. I do not do it by flat uh, a flat rate. I do not do it by hourly. I just say, hey, what is my time worth? Mm-hmm. Okay. If mm-hmm. my time's worth, well, I spent an hour on your vehicle and I got you running. It costs you, I may only charge you $50. But if it took me four or five hours and I say, well, it's probably going to cost you $150. Mm-hmm. But what mm-hmm. is my time worth? And I think that's what a lot of people got to think about. If you're a technician, if you're a doctor, if you're whatever. If you're a DJ. If you're a DJ, what is your time worth and how important is what you're doing helping somebody else without going to the outer limits of breaking somebody. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people, if it's technician, doctors, whatever. I can't even call know. an electrician. You know how expensive those oh, are yes. per hour? Yes. You know? So, so, you know, and you find these technicians out there that, hey, I'm not going to work for everybody. I'm going to do what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And if I tell you that it needs it and you go get a second opinion and it's exactly what I told you, mm-hmm. all you did was use me to tell you what was wrong with your car. <laughs> That's you right. Know? But That's right. You can find these technicians out there and they will do you honest job daily. Got it. Got it. Okay, look, let me get into some recent recalls. We've got Mamie on the line in Oklahoma. We've got Carl on the line in Vicksburg. So I want to get to them. But here's some recent recalls. I'm going to run through them. Coach, you had some that fell today. Sometimes the system that I use does not update for the daily. So I don't have anything from the 29th, but from the 22nd through the 28th, I've got a I've got a plethora. Well, this morning you had a uh, Jeep came out and they had something wrong with the steering, like 380,000 vehicles with Jeep once again. Yeah. So there's recalls. You get them every day. And because once again, it's mechanical and it's software. Right. So let's run through these. I'm going to run through them quick. And, you know, I'll give you all the information if you can. If, if you want to look up to see if your car has a past recall or a current recall. But the first one up, nearly 63,000 Ford Maverick hybrids are recalled for faulty instrument panels. Um, the second one, 338,000 Jeep Grand Cherokees recalled for defective suspension. Um, up next is 100, uh, 105,000 Mercedes-Benz GLE, GLS's SUVs recalled for transmission issues. Um, there are also some recalls on the 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee 4XE. Um, these are some safety recalls that are out there for that. I I think you're going to have to look that one up. This one is just a little bit gray. Then uh, 280,000 Toyota Lexus vehicles are recalled for a transmission issue, these transmissions. Um, and then 261,000 plus Volkswagens and Audis are recalled over um, full wheel drive fuel leak fire risk. 
And finally, 79,000 plus BMWs, Rolls Royces are recalled for brake systems. So that's a lot of recalls, plus what you said that you saw today. You can find out if your car has a past recall by going to the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration's website, nhtsa.gov forward slash recalls and inputting your VIN number or you can find their Safer Car app. But today we're talking about water pumps. We're also taking your vehicle repair questions. Our email address for questions is auto at mpbonline.org. I want to go to Carl in Vicksburg. He's got a question about a water pump. Carl. Carl, you're on with Coach Charlie. Uh, yes, sir. I'll, um, I'll ask you a question. I'm, uh, we're building a small block, 400 Chevrolet, and uh, you know now they have the option of going with electric water pumps. I just want to see, get your opinion on that. Well, you know, the, a lot of the ones that who rebuild these engines and put them in cars and all, yes, they do use the electric water pump because, once again, if the electricity is, you don't have to worry about the belt. You ain't got to worry about anything. You just got the uh, electric, you cut it on, right. that water pump's flowing. Okay, so that's a good one. You know, uh, I think I would do that if I was rebuilding an engine and putting it in a yeah, car. Sir. That's what I would do is electric water pump. Yes, sir. Because it's yes, going sir. to, uh, as long as the fuse don't blow, you're good to go. Okay. Right. You know, it's cooling and it flow. It matter of fact, it will push more coolant through that engine and cool it quicker too. Okay, okay. Well, Carl just dropped off, but Carl, I hope that helped you out. So, electric water pump, basically. Yeah, electric water pump. Okay, all right. We're gonna go to Mamie in Oklahoma. Mamie's got a question about tires. You're on with Coach Charlie, Mamie. Thank you. Uh, I recently busted a tire when I pulled off a curve on a short term, and I have Michelin's on my Rapo. And I have close to 40,000 miles. Is it best to buy uh, more new tires or just replace that one tire? Well, what I would do on there, I would check the tread depth on all of them and see how much tread you have left on the tires to be used. You know, just say you said you had Michelin tires. Those are good tires on it. So maybe you're just half tread life. You know, you can get another tire that's really comfortable to that tread. Uh, just, you know, because usually people get rid of uh, tires, you know, at, you know, that most tires now have wear bars on them. So you can look at the wear bar on the tire and see if you're close to that. But I would check the tread depth on it first before I went and bought all four new tires. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, what, the, what should the tread, what is the uh, minimum tread depth that I should look for? Well, like I say, a lot of the tires now have wear bars on them, but if you didn't have no wear bars on it, you know, I hate to tell you, it's legal to have a tire at 230 seconds. That's not very much tread on it, you know, but I would say somewhere about 630 seconds, you know, if I was going to get down and get new tires. All right. Thank you. You're so welcome. All right. 630 seconds. I've never heard that. I've never heard it. That's my first time. I don't, you know, deal in tread on a regular. (laughs) Well, no, you're, most people are not going to look at their tires and say, well, how uh, much tread do I have? There are tread gauges that you put on there, and you measure across that tire, and it will give you. Now, all wise tell what people do. They take a penny, and yeah. if it's above Lincoln's head, you're good to go. You're good to go. If it's below, yeah. uh, you better. You need to go look you at You better it. go get the tires. <laughs> <laughs> What's the wear bar? Just side note. Okay, all tires now, most of them have a wear bar where they just have like little spaces another piece of rubber throughout the tread okay and when you get down to that, that piece of rubber it's time to change tires oh i need 
one of them, if I don't have them, I need to look and see if yeah. I've got them. Yeah, most good tires, you're going to see a wear bar on them. All right. Well, Coach, you, you always know what everything is on a car. That's for sure. Our email address where you can send questions is auto at mpbonline.org. We're talking about water pumps and everything else between your car repair questions. What's in the news? EVs will get easier to fix We've got a positive story, thanks to a feature gas cars have had for decades. I'll tell you more next. Thank you for listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Coach Charlie Melton, a retired instructor from Clinton High School's automotive tech program, is our expert host. I'm Jermaine Flood. Speaking of, you had a student come up to you the other day, didn't you? I did. Her name was Arnold, and she says, I know you from somewhere. And I said, hmm. She goes, you were my automotive coach for two years, my automotive <laughs> instructor for two years. And then she hugged my neck. She said, she looks different after four kids. I said, well, I look different after all this age. I know, but after, <laughs> after time, years. That's right. <laughs> well, that's awesome, Coach. Everybody remembers you. That's right. <laughs> Autocorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10 a.m. with the replay Saturdays at 11 a.m. In the news, EVs are getting easier to fix, possibly, to a feature gas cars have had for decades. Now, unlike combustion-powered cars with OBD2-2, EVs have different onboard diagnostic systems, but that could change in 2026 with the new industry standard for OBD, uh, standard OBD for EVs. Now, California is proposing the regulation mandating an industry standard diagnostic system for the EVs, and the standard system is set to debut in 2026, but could usher in the creation of something like OBD-2 for EVs, which is currently lacking. EVs have some diagnostic capability now, but they are not subject to an industry standard for OBD. They all work differently, making diagnostics across make and model difficult um, according to everything that they've got out there. So combustion-powered cars have had the same issue until the 1990s when the California Air Resources Board and later the EPA required all new cars to have OBD-2, which built upon earlier standards that haven't yet been fully that hadn't yet been fully adopted. So what is that, Coach? Hey, let me clear that up for you a little okay, bit. Okay, thanks. OBD2, that we had ODB, ODB1, 2, and they do have 3 now. But what it was, everything from 1995 and back, every car had a different standard. Uh, they all had different connectors. They all had different codes. Okay. Everything was different. In 1996 until now, they had they went to OBD2, mm-hmm. and in California they're going to OBD3. But OBD2 made everything standard. You would go, uh, you would whatever scan tool you had. Scan would, tool. That's where that thing hooks yeah. up to. Okay, it, it's called the data link connector. Okay, they were all the same, 16 pin. Okay, you would hook it in there, and the codes were all the same. So if you had a uh, P0301, mm-hmm. that means that. Cylinder one is misfiring on a Chevrolet. That same code would be on a Ford or a Toyota. It would it would mean the same thing. Okay. And so that's what they went. The standard was that hey, we're making everything the same, so anybody can read it that was a technician. 
Okay. And you wouldn't need all. I had boxes and boxes of connectors because you had one for Toyota, you <laughs> one had one for, for Honda, everybody. one for Chevrolet, <laughs> one for Volvo, and now you can use one scan tool for all of them. For everything. Okay. Everything. So they do say while EVs do have some diagnostic capabilities, they all work differently. Right. Um, but they're the, the, in 2026, they're hoping to require automakers to phase in a standard EV diagnostic system similar to the onboard diagnostic system, too, found in combustion engine vehicles. Right. They make so. it a lot easier to diagnose. Okay. Okay. Well, good. Good positive news for EVs That's coming, right. hopefully, in a couple of years. That's Right. So that's good stuff. Um, I'll include a link to this story in our show's podcast description. But today we're talking about water pumps. Email your questions to auto at mpbonline.org. Let's go to the phone lines real quick. Manuel in Oregon is on the line. He's got a question about RV. Manuel, you are on with Coach Charlie. Hey, Coach Charles. I have an old 2004 uh, RV. Uh, it's a Class A. And I noticed that... Uh, you know, when I run the road and I hit a uh, pothole or something like that, you know, I it doesn't uh, hold really, really good. I don't know if it's time to replace the struts or the suspension or something like that, you know, whatever is on that uh, RV. Yeah, so if you think about the- RVs, they're really on a truck sh- chassis, a one-ton or a three-quarter chassis. That's the type of when RVs are made. They're made by different companies, but they're on either Ford or GM or Dodge chassis. Okay. Has the same components as those. So as you're saying, you're driving down the road, you hit a pothole, the front end starts shaking. Well, most likely it's not your struts because your struts are just used to go up and down and give comfort to you and keep the vehicle from going up and down. Really what I would do is maybe check your ball joints or check something, uh, maybe your tie rod ends that some of that stuff may be loose underneath that vehicle. And when I say loose, that it just has a lot of wear in there. Okay, so that's what I would do. I would check that front end and check the uh, bearings in the front end and make sure all that is good. Oh, okay. All right. So uh, there is no lifetime uh, warrant or warranty, you know, like. You know, we need to change it now or something like that. Like, yeah, there's no lifetime warranty on any parts. When you hear limited lifetime warranty on something, that means they have limitations uh, because things do wear out. You know, so you want you just want to make sure that you check them and take it and let somebody put it on a rack, put it up there, and check all that and let them fix it because there's no lifetime warranty on anything. Okay, uh, I appreciate it, coach. You're so welcome. All right. Thank you, Manuel. Coach, I want to get into a little water pump talk. Electrical versus mechanical. We were talking about that. Well, you know, when you say, when I tell people they're building a 400, they're building a uh, 454, they're building a big block or a small block engine, a lot of people are going to electric water pumps. And the reason they're going to electric water pumps because you can get different size water pumps, electric water pumps. To, uh, it's according to how much flow, how much you want that coolant to flow. Okay. And more coolant that flows through the engine, cooler the engine's going to run. Okay. Because when you start building these engines, you know, they put out more heat if they're, just say, if they were uh, bored out or honed out or whatever they're going, if they make the engine bigger or mm-hmm. they put bigger things in it. Mm-hmm. That heat has to go somewhere. So you got to have a bigger water pump. Now, the regular mechanical water pumps, they only do so much. Okay. But you can get uh, electric water pumps. And plus, now you're not taking any power from the engine. Mechanical water pumps run off 
the belt. Okay. So that takes energy from the engine. The electric water pump, all you do is either hit a switch or cut it on automatically when you crank the vehicle on, and you're good to go. What's the standard when you're buying a car, though? Uh, mechanical. Mechanical. So mm-hmm. you've got to switch over. Right. You'd switch over. Because you're putting the engine in something different. You know, we don't have 400s in our cars. You're putting okay. that in a race car. You're putting okay. it in a hobby car. You know, so you can do what you want to do with it. Okay. I like that. I like how you just gave everybody free reign for that. No. That's right. And then you were talking about the coolant, pure water versus coolant inside of a water pump. Well, that's another thing. If you have a mechanical water pump, uh, matter of fact, most of them are going to have some type of metal propellers in there. Okay, and a lot of them used to be steel. Well, if you put pure water in there, you create rust. Okay. Rust stops up the thermostat. Rust stops up the ports. Now you destroyed your engine. Okay. If they go bad. So you always want to put a antifreeze in them to be a coolant. So you can have it's 50-50, 50% water, 50% antifreeze. Mm-hmm. And that would be the coolant mixture because, once again, antifreeze will lubricate that water pump and keep it from going bad. They'll keep those bearings from going bad, keep that propeller from going bad because it's used uh, for coolant as well. Okay. 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 Let's go to the phone lines. We've got Samantha and Brandon on the line. Samantha, you're on with Coach Charlie. What's your question? Um, I hope I'm speaking loud enough. I'm losing my voice. Thank you for taking my call. You're welcome, and you're good, Samantha. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Um, A while back, you... Coach Charlie, we're talking, speaking of paying cash for a car. Um, You said at that time, as I recall, not to pay cash up front, all of it up front, but to wait a couple of months and then go back and finish paying it off. I didn't understand and don't understand uh, the reasoning behind that because I have in the past paid cash for my car, even new ones. And um, I noticed that nobody in that dealership was very happy about it. Just my <laughs> that is right. And the reason that's, that's, that's the reason I've said that you don't want to pay cash because first of all, you're not going to get the best deal because the dealership's not making as much money off of you. If you pay cash, they want you to finance that car. If you finance that car, that means they're going to get money for that car. A lot of dealerships will not sell you a car for cash. They because they're not making anything. So what you do is to get the best deal, put your down payment on it, uh, keep it for a month or so, and then just pay it off. Mm-hmm. You know, then you're going to get a better deal by paying it off that way because you're trying to get the best deal. And sometimes you're not going to get the best deal if you pay cash. So down payment, wait a month, come back in with cash and just pay it off to the finance company and pay it off. Yeah. To the financer. Yeah, because you ain't really uh, lost any money. You may lose very little money, maybe a couple hundred dollars at the most. Okay. As you pay, once you pay it off. Okay. Samantha, I hope that helps. We're discussing water pumps and taking your repair questions. You can send an email to auto at mpbonline.org. We've got a new car review from Casey Williams coming up in Coach's Tip of the Week. This is AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Here's a new car review from Casey Williams. It's Auto Casey on AutoCorrect. Kia is all about value. 
And that extends to their large three-row crossover, the Telluride. And especially the one we have this week with the Prestige and the X-Line package on it. So the X-Line means it's sporty. It's got the 20-inch black alloy wheels, it's got all the black trim on the outside, but it still looks very classy, very elegant, almost kind of British on the outside. Inside, Prestige means it's luxurious. He did ventilated seats in the front, in the middle row captain's chairs, heated steering wheel, Harman Kardon audio, and all the crash avoidance systems. Underneath the hood, a 3.8 liter V6, delivers 291 horsepower, 262 pound-feet of torque, so it's pretty peppy, and you can get 18 miles per gallon in the city, 24 on the highway, so still a pretty decent fuel economy. All in, I think it's a pretty good value for all you get. A base Telluride starts right at $36,000. This one pretty much all in, $54,540. See the full video on his YouTube channel, Auto Casey, and listen to AutoCorrect on the MPB Think Radio YouTube channel. This is AutoCorrect. If you've missed any of our program, listen to the whole show from autocorrect.mpbonline.org. AutoCorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10 a.m. with a replay Saturdays at 11 a.m. Stay tuned after the show at 11 a.m. at Southern Remedy Kids and Teens. I'm Jermaine Flood. Our expert is Coach Charlie Melton, ASC Certified Master Technician. It's time for Coach Charlie's Tip of the Week. You know, we're talking about water pumps. We're talking about leaks if you see any type of liquid underneath the vehicle and your vehicle is running hot check your water pump you hear any noise check your water pump because mm-hmm. that could be the problem mm-hmm. make sure you do that noises whatever is going on check that water pump you do not want an overheated car that's right let's go to the phone lines we've got donald in baton rouge on the line he's got a question about a 2015 chevy suburban donald you're on with coach charlie good morning good, good morning, morning. Yes, sir and ma'am. I have a 2015 Chevy Suburban, and the check engine light came on, and uh, they told me it was the number six spark plug was misfiring. So I had that changed, and it's still shaking and still have the miss tool. Okay, they told you that number six cylinder was misfiring, and you changed the spark plug. Now, this is, yes. usually, this is usually what happens. It's usually not the spark plug because the spark plug has to get its fire from the coil. Okay. And okay. So usually what I do, anytime there's a misfire, I change the coil and the spark plug because the spark plug usually fouls out if it's not getting fire there. But that's what I usually do in order to prepare that. I've done that many, many times. It's usually the coil, not the spark plug. Thank you for that. And I have another question. You know where the battery sits at on the passenger side right at the firewall? Right. It goes into a little little black box like that has like a little cup indentation in it. Right. I looked at it uh, a couple of weeks because I only drive my car like every two or three weekends because I'm a truck driver. Right. And it was melted. Okay, so where the battery goes in, it was melted. The uh, plastic itself. Yeah, what that covers the uh, where you uh, where the cables are screwed there at. Yeah. So what I would check on that, I'd make sure I check those uh, battery cables, make sure it's not touching uh-huh. any metal because it sounds like that battery cable done got hot and you could pull the battery cable off and probably go down there and you'll see where its insulation is melted as well. All right. Uh-huh. Then. Well, not a, I have a running board that works every once in a while, so maybe I just need to have the motor changed on that. Yeah, you could uh, if it works every now and then because that's going to be uh, – most likely the motor itself. Uh, is, that, is that hard to do, change the motor, or you think? Because I'm pretty mechanically inclined. Well, if you're mechanically inclined, you can probably do it. Just uh, <laughs> I'm not going to do it, Donald. Yeah, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> just, lo- just locate where it's at, and you can probably do it. Right. Donald, thank you for your call. Let's go to Oliver and Olive Branch. I love that. Olive- 
Oliver. Oliver. Yeah. I got a grandson named Oliver. Right. You are on with Coach Charlie Oliver. What's your question? Okay, uh, it's a great program, but it's not about uh, the uh, water pump or anything. That's it's okay. About the fuel. I have an indicator light for the fuel, 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 fuel in it. I know it's kind of a tongue twister, but uh, it, it, it constantly comes on, and I'm not sure why. So one more time, is it the fuel indicator saying how much fuel is in the tank? No, the fuel, fuel inlet. Say that again? The fuel, fuel inlet. Fuel, fuel inlet. Yeah. Okay, okay, so is it a diesel? No. Okay. It's, it's gasoline. So I'm just trying to, what, in what year is that? A 2011 Expedition. Oh, okay, so does it have two tanks on it? Not that I know. I don't think so. So it just has one tank on it? Okay, so it's talking about the fuel, fuel inlet. Okay, and yep. that is the inlet going up most likely to the fuel rail itself. It does have a uh, switch up there on the fuel rail. What I would do is go back and get that code off there and send me the code. Uh, just next week, just tell her what the code is or email it to me, and I'll look that up for you. Yeah. Oliver, make sure you give us a call next week. You already know, one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Well, that's the end of the show, and that'll wrap us up for today's AutoCorrect. Our show engineer, Abram Nanny, call screener. That was Charles Arnold for Coach Charlie Melton, Master Technician. I'm Jermaine Flood. Thanks for listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.